You're listening to Bell, Book, and Candle with Mela Borowski. Thoughts from a Southern Witch. Should have studied witchcraft. Should have learned to ride a broom. So me and my black cat could fly through the skies underneath the moon. I really love the idea of a love braid. So a love braid needs three ribbons, and they're going to represent three things that you want in the relationship. The colors should correspond. So for instance, if you want more fiery passion, maybe you would use a red ribbon. If you want peace or reconciliation, perhaps blue, maybe green for growth. You can be really creative and you can even look up color correspondence charts to figure out which which ribbons that you would want. And then you're going to write what you want on each ribbon and then braid them together as you envision your desires manifesting. And then knot the end of the braid as you end your spell and place that braid in your bedroom. Hey y'all, welcome to another episode of Bell, Book, and Candle. I'm Mela Borowski and I thought I'd do a special episode all about love magic. Specifically, I'm going to teach you how to create a poppet to use for love magic. It's almost Valentine's Day, so I thought it'd be a great time. Though you can do this anytime at all. It doesn't have to be love month. <laughs> so let's let's talk about magic in general first. So magic is working with energy. And that's the raw material that makes up our universe. Magic allows you to shape energy with your willpower to produce results. And it's really manifestation. I see a lot of different magic as manifestation magic. Sometimes people call it woo-woo, but scientifically speaking, we can look at quantum physics to show us how magic works. And in fact, we've got a guest who's going to talk about that correlation on the books, on the calendar. So watch for that. I'm really excited about that. But just know that when you set an intention and you focus your attention on something, your energy can influence the behavior of the molecules that you are focusing on. You change what you are observing and that is magic. So magic is all about connection. Everything you see and don't see is connected like a web. Each strand connected to the next. When you touch one strand, you affect the whole web. And spells weave new patterns into this web of spirit. So you are respecting the whole web or are you only interested in what you want so that's really the question are you respecting that whole web magic isn't necessarily a religious or a spiritual act though some people choose to work with gods or goddesses or a source energy i know witches who use magic and pull that energy from nature itself or even from their own energy Now, I am huge on ethics, and y'all know I'm not Wiccan, so I don't necessarily go by Wiccan rules on things. 
and I probably walk the line in many areas that people think about me because I lean heavily upon my folk magic roots. And I just really relate more to folk magic and hoodoo and Appalachian granny magic than anything else. So your ethics may not be my ethics and that's okay. But I do think that there are some questions that anyone can ask themselves before they do love magic or any magic really. So ask yourself, number one, is there something that I can do in the real world to make this happen? And if there is, consider putting in the effort through this route first. In other words, I call this putting, putting feet on your prayers, putting feet on your spells. So if you're going to do a spell to get yourself a job, ask yourself, is there something that I can do to get myself a job? Uh, do I need to go and apply? Do I need to go and uh, look online? Do I need to uh, network in some way? Yes, miracles happen, but you're going to be more likely to to have even have your spell work, your magic work, if you're putting feet on it as well. And if you're putting in as many applications as possible, and if you're putting yourself out there and looking to see what's available rather than sit at home um, and do nothing but make a spell. Now, again, I'm not saying that that wouldn't work. I just feel like things work better and they have in my life when, when I have put feet behind that. So in, in some cases, you don't even need to really do anything special with magic if there is something in the real world that you can make it happen with. And, you know, at least try. And if that doesn't work, then come back to this. And then number two is really important. And the question is, what is really needed in this situation and this is so important especially for love magic so i'll give you an example i had someone ask me many years ago to make them a sigil so that their cheating husband would fall back in love with them and only have eyes for them i refused to do that i told her it was not according to my ethics i couldn't do that but i did discuss with her to figure out what really was needed. And she um, came to the conclusion that she would have me do a sigil to help her draw in someone that would love and respect her. And see, the wording is so important because if that was her husband, then that's perfect. But if she needed to get out of that situation, then that also allowed for that. But it didn't kind of bind this, this cheating person to her in a sense. So I hope that makes sense. Because a lot of times someone who wants a love spell, they really need a confidence spell or a self-worth spell. You know, maybe there's somebody that they really want to talk to and they're terrified to talk to them. So, okay, let's do this magic spell to pull this person to me and make them love me forever. Love spells are powerful, but how much more uh, important to the relationship would it be if maybe you did a spell that would allow you to have your voice and to go up and to approach this person and to have it naturally occur like that? 
emotions are really involved and the power and the energy of spells and love magic truly is powerful. So we really have to step back sometimes and evaluate whether we're acting out of our emotional mind or our wise mind, because when you want something or someone so badly, it is extremely tempting to use manipulation magic to get it. And when you force or coerce a person to do something they would not normally do, that is what I call manipulation. So when what you want overshadows what they might want, then you are kind of taking over and not respecting the rights of another person. That is manipulation magic. But in the end, what you have to ask yourself is, are you willing to accept the consequences? And I'll give you another example of, uh, I've heard this many times. In fact, my, my grandmother actually talked about this and my mom when she was young and I think she even mentioned it on one of the episodes she was in with me but putting menstrual blood in a man's food to bind them to you that is powerful powerful magic but to me that is that is gross for one thing and manipulative I just don't think it's sanitary but it also it's also extremely manipulative and so I had someone come to me uh, a few years ago that she had done this and it had been decades and she had even moved on married to someone else not interested in this guy that she bound to her anymore but he was still contacting her he still had this this powerful binding to her because of this so really think about the consequences before you do it and you know you're the one and the other person that's going to have to live with the consequences so I'm not here to say no 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 don't ever ever do that because you have to have your own ethics I would not do the manipulation love magic like that I think that it's either going to happen or it's not going to happen now will I sweeten a relationship I've already got or draw something to me Sure, absolutely, but you just have to really look at the line between how you're wording things and whether it's manipulative. And you can also ask yourself, how would you feel if someone did this to you? And if your answer is, I would not appreciate that, then you might want to think long and hard before you do it to somebody else. Let's talk about intention for a minute. A lot of times with this manipulative magic I was just talking about, really it's the intentions wording that needs to be looked at. So for instance, if you want a relationship with someone, and let's call this person John, you really want a romantic relationship with John. You come up with your intention that John and I are lovers. I personally feel like that statement is pretty manipulative. You're bending him to your own will, but you could change the statement and you could say, John and I enjoy the best possible relationship that we can have together. So do you see how that opens it up? If you two are meant to be lovers, it will happen. 
if the best thing for you both is to be good friends, that works too. So I think the very best love spells respect everyone involved. So use your intuition. Puppets are one of my favorite ways to use magic, and I use them for so many things, including one that's named Mella that I use for healing myself, and I have needles in it, and sometimes people look at that and say, what the heck is she in there doing? But if I want to get rid of a headache, I can put that needle in right where the headache is in my head and pull that needle out and pull the headache out. So I see a lot of use in puppets. And we're going to talk about using puppets for love magic today. Hi, Sadie. So sympathetic magic is something that I really feel very interested in. It's something that I do naturally that no one really had to do a lot of teaching. I think it's just, I don't know, it was in my blood. Um, so when I learned that it actually had a name, <laughs> I thought that was really interesting. And it's called sympathetic magic. It's the idea of like with like. So the, using the symbolism of plants and, and crystals and the sun and moon, the seasons, the holidays. So when I use syrup or honey to sweeten up someone's attitude, that's sympathetic magic. And when I bind the mouth of a puppet to stop someone from lying, that's sympathetic magic. And recently someone came to me to ask me to silence someone. I asked more questions, as I spoke about earlier, and it ended up being a matter of just wanting no lies to be told. So a poppet was made, the mouth was bound with the intention that only truth would be spoken. Now, some of you may even be shocked that I did that, but like I said, there are certain things that um, I will do and certain things that I won't do and certain things that I will reword into a way that I feel comfortable. We all have to truly consider what our ethics are before we get into a situation, if possible. So that that's really that mountain folk magic in me because mountain folk magic will do a lot more than even I will do. But what's important is intention just like with any other spell or ritual or anything you do so you can use poppets for just so many things but we're going to focus on a love poppet so first of all you will need to create a poppet and you can do it out of so many different things you can make it out of cloth sticks and moss that's how i make mine with sticks spanish moss cloth wrapped around the body, cloth wrapped around the head. The very first poppet that I ever um, used and was given was bought for me in Omaha by a friend of mine's mother. And so I really, really just fell in love with that poppet. That's the one that I use for healing myself. And I started making my own, kind of using that as a guide. But you can even make a poppet out of clay or wax. And goodness, I've made poppets on the fly so many times. Someone has said something and I will go outside, grab a couple sticks, grab some leaves or uh, just whatever I can find to stuff it with. We'll, we'll get a rag and wrap around it and we've made a poppet. So it doesn't have to be pretty. You don't have to buy things for it. There's a book that I have on Egyptian magic that 
mentions the wax poppets and they'll even throw those into a fire and let them melt. So I've seen that. You can carve wood, you could use a dried root or a potato. So that's the first thing that you would need to do is create a poppet of some sort, however you want to. And then tag lock your poppet. And this really creates an energy connection with the intended target. So even if it's yourself, and there's different ways of doing a tag lock. So a piece of paper with the person or person's name on it and birthday or birthdays, if it's a couple people, uh, something from the person like hair, or fingernail clippings. Um, you could even use an old shirt of theirs for the cloth of your poppet. You could print out or use a photograph and put it inside your poppet. And those are called tag locks. And you can use that even with um, your kind of petition paper that you can put inside of it. You write their name, write their birthday, and write around it the actual intention that you want to get from this poppet. And then you can put anything else while you're making it into it, like heart-shaped charms or specific herbs, crystals, and you want to tuck all that inside your poppet. Um, you can even go ahead and do your petition paper, whatever you want to call it, your intention paper, um, or the items as you're crafting your poppet so that you can stuff it. But I've made the poppet and stuffed it down into it afterwards many times so you know it really doesn't matter it's according to what kind of poppet you're making you know if you're making a wax poppet you might very well even be able to carve this information on the poppet and so once you have your poppet made you've tag locked it you've decided exactly what you want it to be for uh, maybe it's to draw in a partner. Maybe it's to help you love yourself. Maybe it's to uh, make someone feel burning passion for you or to make yourself feel burning passion again. I mean, there's just so many things that you could do, but you have to decide what it is. And then you name your poppet. So if the poppet is to increase your own libido or um, to pull a partner in for you, then you're naming the poppet yourself. If it's for someone else specifically, you want to name that poppet for someone else as well. If there isn't a specific target, um, then you could say my future partner. Um, that would work as well. And then you want to state the intention of this poppet while you're performing some sort of sympathetic magic to that poppet, such as tying a red ribbon for love around the poppet, tying a, a pink ribbon maybe for self-love around the poppet, maybe massaging the heart or using a healing needle to target the heart area if it's to heal of wounds that have come from relationships. Maybe you would kiss the poppet's lips or where the lips might be. So you could just be creative. What is it you're wanting? And do some sort of sympathetic magic with the poppet. If you are making two, 
then you could bind the two poppets together. Maybe you've made one for you and one for your future partner. Um, tie them together, bind them together, and that would be the sympathetic magic part of it. When you're putting in your uh, affirmative words, make sure that they're present tense. That's such a good tip for when you're doing affirmations or intentions. So in other words, speak as if it has already happened. If you're writing it down on your paper um, from earlier, write it down as if it's already happened. So I love myself unconditionally or I enjoy a loving relationship with an attentive partner or even we communicate openly and freely with each other. So you see how those are as if it's already going on. So with I love myself unconditionally, the way you don't want to do it is I will love myself unconditionally. Because your brain hears you will. Okay, sometime in the future, you will love yourself. So we don't, we don't want to put it in the future. We want to say, I love myself unconditionally. And then you want to put your poppet in a safe place. And work your poppet often. And the way you work a poppet is you state your intention at the very least. You can have a candle. Um, they even make very interesting candle shapes for certain romantic desires. But a pink or a red candle would work. And remember that white always works. Some people recommend storing your poppet in a white cloth. Um, I keep mine on my altar, so it's really up to you. But you do want it to be in a safe place where you can uh, do the sympathetic magic or burn a candle or at least state your intention. And then when you're done, if you have tag locked your poppet, in such a way that you cannot remove the tag lock easily, then just state that you're releasing the energy bound to the poppet and you can bury it in the ground if it's something that can compost, you can throw it in moving water, you can burn it. If you can remove the tag lock, you could rename it and use it again, but you would have to tag lock it again and name it again. So you'd have to pull out anything that is giving it um, a tag lock of some sort, whether it's a name and a birthday or something that you've put inside of it. So sometimes when you make these poppets, it's just not possible to get those tag locks out. But I do have a poppet that I can rename. Um, it doesn't have a tag lock buried deep into it. I just put it kind of on the surface and I can very easily rename it and use it over and over again. Um, and that is, is my healing poppet. So right now it's named me, but if I ever needed to rename uh, it and tag lock it with somebody else, I could very easily do that and use it in my healing practice. I often put a feather at the top of mine. It's not necessary. The feather could correlate with color magic if you wanted, but really it just makes it look kind of cool. I like what it looks like. And so now, you know, you have a poppet. You've followed those pieces. You've made your poppet. You've tag locked it. You've decorated it any way you wanted to and named it. You have stated your in intention while you're performing sympathetic magic. And you've put it in a safe place so that you can continue to work it. And then the magic works. And at some point, perhaps you decide you don't need it anymore. So you've removed the tag lock and you use it again, or you just completely um, dispose of it in some way, bury it, throw it in running water, burn it, 
and you're ready to do something else. I've got about five poppets. Yeah, about five poppets going right now and, and for various things. So you don't have to just do one at a time. You can have ones for various purposes. Like I said, I really love poppets. I think they're great folk magic uh, spell type thing that you can do anywhere. You don't need to buy anything special. You can walk outside and get what you need. You can make it out, out of whatever you have. So I hope that this inspires you to use poppets. And if you do make one, then in just a few moments, I'm going to give you a little dedication ritual that you can do with your poppet. Here's a dedication for your love poppet. Light your candle. You're gonna to wanna to have some rose water, which is easily made. You can, you can buy it, you can have someone make it for you, or you can just put some petals of roses that you've grown or bought into some water. You could even leave it out under a full moon, but it doesn't have to be that fancy. Just have some rose water if you have it though. And put your poppet in front of you. Sprinkle it with your rose water. And you can even say the, this prayer. With this rose water, I consecrate this poppet as a positive and potent tool of love magic. In the divine name of Venus and by her divine powers, I charge this poppet with love magic. And so it is. Thank you all for listening to Bell Book and Candle. You can follow Mella on Instagram and Facebook at Bell Book Candle SC. That's Bell, B-E-L-L-E. Or become a patron at patreon.com forward slash Bell Book Candle.